Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20 Quartermist. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard round the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry, and John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boys, Davy Crockett. Coming to you from the D-Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Tread on America. Everybody doing out there today? It is Sunday, July second, two thousand and twenty-three. <clears throat> All right, new month, right? Here we go. Here we go. How is everybody doing out there today? Let me turn this down. All right, so we're going to get into it pretty quick today. Um, I have a feeling this is going to be a two-parter, so uh, just bear with me. Hopefully. You guys enjoy what I'm going to talk about today, but before we get into all that, let's talk about uh, what social places <laughs> the fuck I was going to... I had this all worked out in my head. I lost my mind. Guys, uh, real quick, check us out. Whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, make sure you are following the show. Subscribe to the show. It doesn't cost you anything. I have no Patreons. I have none of that crap. Totally free. So please follow us there and... Um, <clears throat> Then main, mainly also, please uh, share this with your friends and uh, whoever uh, whoever it is, isn't your friend. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm watching the, the meter here. I'm kind of distracted. I don't know if this is recording good or not. So hopefully everything works out well and we are good to go. <clears throat> uh, also, make sure you follow us on social media at uh, Don't Tread on America on Facebook, Instagram, and the Ticker Talker. And uh, if you're not on social media, that's fine. You can check us out at DontTreadOnAmerica.com. From any of those situations, guys, if you are so inclined, please follow us, subscribe to the the show via, like I said, whether it be on uh, the social media platforms or on uh, our website. From there, you can uh, ask questions, send 
stories our way if there's something going on in your neck of the woods especially if you're not in this country and uh <clears throat> that way i can cover it and see if we can make a correlation between what you guys are seeing and what i'm seeing all right so july right okay so um what i'm gonna do today i, I was thinking about this and i actually was gonna start this show on friday but with all the uh stuff going on in france i kind of wanted to touch on that give you my two cents about all of that and it's interesting just to backtrack real quick because i really want to get into this about the whole france situation it's very interesting how people that don't really pay attention to what is going on and why it's going on um talking with a couple of friends this morning at the gym about the France situation and they just didn't know who was involved or why a certain group of people were doing what they were doing because uh, in France not for nothing and if you live in the area you know what I'm talking about but they've been rioting for different situations for a for a while now it's been a good year two years but this whole thing has nothing to do with what they've been writing about. What was it, the Yellow Jackets and all that stuff? This is a whole other situation. This is very much, in my opinion, very much a Summer of Love, George Floyd type situation. So it'll be interesting to see how this goes on. I did see a report today how some of the guns being used, some of the sniper rifles, were American-made rifles that were the same or very similar to the ones that were given to the Ukraine. So it'll be interesting to see how that translates and comes down to pass. But anyway, what I want to talk about is what's going on here in this country. Now, in two days is is 4th of July, right? It's, there, it's our Independence Day, right? It'll be... So 1776, you're talking what 247 years, if I'm if my math is correct. So um, <clears throat> why am I bringing this up? I'm not going to get into the whole American Revolution. You guys know the basic story, okay? What I'm what what today is going to be about is the show, and I'm going to label this the American Bolshevik Revolution, okay? Now why am I calling it that? So Real quick, I'm not going to go through the whole story of the Bolshevik Revolution. But I'm going to tell you a story about the parties involved in the Bolshevik Revolution that was, what, 106 years ago. And how that correlates to what we're seeing today. And that's how... We're going to go, and the reason I say this is very, very likely to be a two-parter is because you understand how I am. I like to go off on tangents. I kind of get off course, and that's just how it is. Welcome to my world. Um, I really want to do this justice, but I also want to keep the segments to an hour. So we're going to do an hour. We're going to get into it, and uh, I don't want to rush through it in an hour. I want to cover some stuff. And then if we have to stop, we have to stop. And then I'll bring in the next part on Wednesday. So, so briefly, back in 1917. No. So, ideally, 
the way we were we are told in history the bolshevik revolution essentially i'm just going to give you the cliff notes version of what most people know so most people will tell you if you ask somebody do you what do you know about the bolshevik revolution okay well that was when the bolsheviks i'm sorry there's something on my microphone (laughs) i'm very anyway the bolshevik revolution was in layman's terms is when you ask somebody they'll tell you is when the uh when the bolsheviks quote unquote whoever they are took over russia and basically got rid of the czar czar nicholas the second to be exact um so for those of you that don't know a czar is essentially a king okay um but in actuality that's not entirely true it so back in um in 20 20 in 1917 so it all started so the bolshevik revolution is actually called the october revolution interestingly enough depending on what calendar you look at it was either in october or november um but actuality the earlier in that year the um it was in february or march depending on which calendar you use the people of russia revolted against the czar and his autocratic regime so you actually had the people the 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 workers okay of the well i don't want to call them soviet union at the time they're just russia the russian kingdom um and they set up a democratic parliament and were in the process of turning russia into a liberal democracy okay similar to i guess to like france a little bit kind of like america where you're going to be able to have a president and a you know a parliament congress whatever vote people in and so on and so forth but so this happened in february or march we're going to we're going to use the old calendar just because that's what history calls it okay so february of 1917 the the people essentially stroke struck striked striked i guess against the czar and overthrew the 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 crown okay um and they didn't kill these this at this particular time they didn't kill the czar okay he he and his family went into exile okay in um in turn to try and set up like i just said a liberal democracy they wanted to be sort of like the rest of the world because at the time you're talking early 1900s there wasn't it wasn't like it was in the 18 or 17 or 16 or 1500s where you had kingdoms around the world um by this point america was america it wasn't the america it is today that the america today really didn't kind of take control until after world war ii this was during world war one that this all happened um so later that year there's a lot of confusion in the country so the bolsheviks which was led by vladimir lenin now interestingly enough at the time (laughs) his his actual name is vladimir yuvanov yul yuvanov whatever (laughs) better known by his underworld alias lenin 
Um, he was also there was three of them. It wasn't just, just wasn't just Lenin, but you also had Stalin and Trotsky. Okay, those were your three leaders. So they essentially entered Parliament with guns and initiated counter revolution. So you had a revolution of a revolution. It was the beginning of a terrible oppression that led to the murder of tens of millions of people by Russians by another, basically, an Antifa-style regime, anti-fascist regime, okay? So, you had the main players, you had Lenin, Trotsky, Stalin, okay? Now, I don't, I don't want to say it was smart, but I guess if you're trying to create a socialist or a communist country, okay, you, you essentially strike when there's confusion in leadership, okay? So you had the people revolt against the czar, right? Then while the czar was in hiding, you had... Uh, you had uh, the counter revolution take over. So let me let me. How can I how how can I explain this? Okay. So back when we when America was going through the American Revolution, okay, and we got our freedom eight and seventeen seventy six seventeen seventy. And this is kind of where the confusion lies if you if you really don't know your history, but. 1776, July 4, 1776 is when we declared our independence. That doesn't necessarily mean that on that date we were independent. It was a few years later. <laughs> and uh, But nonetheless, you're only talking between 1776 and the War of 1812, you're only talking a 40, not even a 40-year difference, like a 36-year difference, right? So... We, we are a brand new country at that time. Well, in 1812, they tried it again. Ru uh, not Russia, but <laughs> England. Um, because we were in confusion. We were still trying to build leadership. We were trying to figure out, okay, here's our president. This is, this is how we're going to try and do this. Because you got to think, we, we I'm going to use we, not that I was there, contrary to popular opinion of how old I am. We were led by a bunch of... I mean, for lack of a better term, farmers um, turn soldiers, turn diplomats. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of these, a lot of these guys, you know, weren't necessarily college educated. I'm not saying they all weren't, but for the most part, they were just people that, that overthrew a government. Okay. And this is similar to what happened in, uh, in Russia in 1917. So there's obviously a lot of confusion at that point that can um, cause the counter-revolution. But it wasn't that the czar struck back and tried to take his, his throne back. So, I, oddly enough, and this is where it gets interesting as I did some research here. So, on October 25th of 1917... With the financial support from ideological comrades and Jewish compatriots in the West, an international cadre of communist criminals seized control of the organs of power in Russia, led by career criminal Vladimir Lenin. 
Um, this vicious cabal of drugged up, immoral, angry, um, atheist, mostly Jewish revolutionaries set up their base of operations in Russia. The formation of the Soviet Union was a huge step in generations old conspiracy that continues to operate at the present time. Um, before I go on here, I, I, I've been trying to make connections and and it's very hard for me to say this. Um, some of you guys are going to listen to this and you're going to think, well, this dude's like pro-Russian. He's pro-communist. He's pro this. He's pro that. I just want you to listen to what I'm saying. Now, it's very hard to try and sit here and justify anything that a Russian does. Period. As an American. And I've said this time and time again. And the reason I feel this way is because being a 50-year-old man grown up in America, we've been trained. I've said this a ton of times. We've been trained in this country. And I don't know how it is in other countries. I'm basing this on being born and raised as an American, especially through the 70s, 80s, into the 90s. And those of you that are around my age and grew up in those same time frame, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But we were raised, and even if you're a little older than me, from the 50s forward up until probably the early 2000s or so, we were, or I'm sorry, the early 90s, we were trained to hate Russians, period. Not that, not that we had classes on hating Russia. <laughs> it, I, I don't want to get that twisted. For anyone, I know this show gets listened to in Russia. So not for, I'm not trying to badmouth anyone in this whole world. Okay? So just, just follow me here. We were trained subliminally or by, by uh, movies, TV shows, song, news, to hate Russia. They were the evil empire. We're the great America. And I'm not saying that we're not. But I'm saying that the people in charge are not. Okay? On all levels. Not just in America, but in Russia and other countries too. But the people of Russia are just, you know, and just, and this is like in any other country, they're innocent bystanders. We are caught in a game of evil people on all ends there's no good people in this in this scenario okay and it's essentially a chess game of who can take over the world and this and i've said this time and time and time again and and i'm going to bring up names during this discussion that you've heard before and this and i'm going to make connections to this whole october revolution that happened in russia that probably a lot of people aren't talking about okay not that i've made this up on my own i've done some research and i've found these names but it's going to be very interesting to see the russia that we were taught to hate wasn't i mean they were the russia that it's i don't know it's very interesting it's almost like we're fighting against ourselves because essentially this whole October Revolution was financed by a group of people. 
Okay, not necessarily all Americans, but they were fr- uh, now, mind you, this is during World War One. Okay, but they were financed essentially by Wall Street, Germany, and this one particular family. Yeah, that's right, the Rothschilds. Okay, so in there was an article in 1920 called Zionism versus Bolshevism. Uh, Winston Churchill correctly identified the primary moving force behind the Bolshevik Revolution. And he goes on to say, The adherents of the sinister confederacy are mostly men reared up among the unhappy populations of countries where Jews are persecuted on the account of their race. Most, if not all, of them have forsaken the faith of their forefathers and divorced their minds all spiritual hopes of the next world. This movement among the Jews is not new. From the days of Spartacus uh, and Weisahop to those of Karl Marx down to Trotsky and Ben Arbella Kuhn in Hungary, Rosa Luxemburg in Germany, Emma Goldman, United States, this worldwide conspiracy to, conspiracy to overthrow of civilization and for the reconstitution of society on the basis of arrested development of envious mal, malviolence and, <clears throat> and impossible equality or equity, I should say, has been steadily growing. It played as modern writer Mrs. Webster has so ably shown the definition of recognizable part in the tragedy of the French Revolution. It has been the mainspring of every subversive movement during the 19th century. And now, at last, this band of extraordinary personalities from the underworld of the great cities of Europe and America have gripped the Russian people by the hair of their heads and have become practically the undisputed masters of enormous empire. Now, before I read on, this was from Winston Churchill in 1920. So this was at the end of World War I. He says, you have people involved. Now, we know the names. We know Stalin, Lenin, and Trotsky. We know these people. We know Karl Marx, Marxism, right? Socialism, communism. They're all kind of in the same band together. This was a conglomeration of, of people that financed out of Europe and America that financed these gentlemen I don't know if I'm going to call them gentlemen but these guys to do what they did now you have to ask the question before I read on here you have to ask the question (laughs) why would Americans now when I say Americans it's not like someone like me or you these are different Americans. These are people that are out of touch. These are your J.P. Morgans. These are your Rock, uh, Rockefellers. These are those people that also <laughs> financed the Nazis. The Schiffs or the Bushes, whatever you want to call them. These people, these families run deep, okay, so I'm, I'm going to read on what Churchill was saying. There is no need to exaggerate the part played by the creation of Bolshevism. 
and in the actual bringing out of the Russian Revolution by these international and for the most part atheist Jews. Atheistical Jews? Okay. <laughs> it is certainly a very great one. It probably outweighs all others. With the notable exceptions of Lenin, the majority of the leading figures are Jews. Moreover, the principal inspiration of the driving powers comes from the Jewish leaders. <clears throat> Thus, Trixturin, a pure Russian, is eclipsed by his nominal subordinate, Lichvinov. And the influence of Russians like Bukharin or Luchakrusty um, cannot be compared with the power of Trotsky or Zinoviv. Zinoviv? There you go. The <laughs> director of the Red Citadel, Petrograd, or of Krasin or Reddick, all Jews. In the Soviet institution, the prominence of Jews is even more astonishing. At the prominent, if not indeed the principal part of the system of terror applied, uh, applied by the extraordinary commissions for combating counter-revolutions has been taken by Jews, and in some notable cases by the Jews, 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 I don't know if I'm saying that right, but the same evil prominence was obtained by Jews in the brief period of terror during the Belakun ruled in Hungary. The same phenomenon has been presented in Germany, especially in Bavaria. So far as this madness has been allowed to prey upon the temporary prosecution of the German people, although in these countries there are many non-Jews, every whit as bad as the worst of the Jewish revolutionaries, the part played by the latter in proportion to their numbers in the population is astonishing. So, <clears throat> there are two major points to be drawn from these rather blunt observations. First, Jews have played a pivotal role in communism from the beginning. Now, before I go, before I go on here, guys, I want you to understand that I don't hate anybody. And if you know a person, or if you yourself are Jewish, okay, and if you're a practicing Jew, or if you're not, or your folks were, your grandparents were, this is not a bash on you or them. When I, when I say these words, when we're talking about the Jews and this, we're not talking about the, the average person, person. We're not talking about the average Christian or the average Jew or the average Muslim or the average Russian or the average American. We're not talking about us. These are people on high. Most of these people, you don't even know their fucking name. Okay? So, their influence was palpable and overt during the Bolshevik coup of 1917 more recent research has shown that lenin was likely part jewish and every scholar knows he spoke yiddish and was married to a jewish but even if you want to discount him the vast majority of his comrades in communist leadership positions were jews from trotsky to Zinoviev and uh kagnovich and yogoda and Kamenev to Schwarzlove, Jews dominated the social state apparatus, controlled infamous secret police, and operated with dreadful the dreadful gulag. <clears throat> so prominent were Jews in the early communist movement that Russian satirists once mused, uh, quote, 11 anarchists were executed 
at the city jail. 15 of them were Jews. No credible historian can deny the essential role Jews and Jewish money played in the Bolshevik Revolution and in operation of the Soviet Union. Indeed, every communist movement is essentially every country of note has been led by Jews. Churchill named four of them, Leon Trotsky, Bela Kuhn, Rosa Luxemburg, and Emma Goldman. Others could be added, including Soviet advisors who work in... in <coughs> Um, intim in <laughs> intimately God bless I can't even talk today with Mao and setting up Red China the Israel press has openly lauded them so has the Chinese press wherever communism rears its demonic head Jews are lurking nearby now what's interesting about this is and this kind of brings me back to <laughs> World War II and, and Hitler okay and I and I, I want to believe I made this comment. I don't know if I did it on a show or if me and Chris were just talking. And so the Rothschild family, I, if you go back and listen to the Rothschild show I did last year, whenever it was, you can search through the catalog and find it. But I, I talked about how they started, where they started was in Germany. Rothschild was German for Red Shield. <laughs> They controlled Germany. They grew to control Germany into other countries in Europe and then eventually into America. Oddly enough, it's like, for whatever reason, these people get off, for lack of a better term, on chaos. And then it's, it's, it's almost like... If you recall when you were in school, you probably had that one person or maybe a group of people that always like try to not necessarily pick a fight, but get other people to fight. You know, oh, you know, I heard Billy was talking shit about your mom. Oh, man, I heard Mike was talking shit about your mom. You know, and they go back and forth and then all of a sudden Billy and Mike are fighting and they didn't have anything to do with it. It's almost like that. They funded so many different skirmishes and you have to ask the question, why... Why as a Jewish person in 1917, now this is pre-World War II, pre-Hitler you know, Hitler doing whatever to the Jews, um, you, you have to ask the question, why would, why would they do that? And then knowing what these people did in 1917, and, and you, know, you could say whatever you want about uh, Hitler or some of these other uh, dictators. Stalin was way worse in the things that he did to to their quote unquote countrymen. What Lenin and these these people did to millions upon millions of Russians, and it and it wasn't necessarily based on religion, as far as I could tell. Um, it kind of makes me wonder if that had anything to do with, in my opinion, and I have nothing to back this up. This is just my personal opinion. Okay. Take it for what it's worth. I have tried to make the connection and I'm by no means the kind of person that is going to have any kind of backing. I have no way to prove this because I've 
looked. Okay, trust me, I've looked. But there's a part of me that believes that the things that Hitler did had a lot to do with with this, with the Rothschilds and what the Jews were doing in other countries. Because prior, Hitler was around during World War I. Not that he was Hitler, but he was there. He was involved. They didn't do the things they did in World War II that they didn't do the things that they did in World War II during World War I. Okay, now the basic idea was the same. We want to take over Europe. But they didn't do the atrocities, the Auschwitzes, and all the stuff that we were taught in history to make Hitler an evil person. We were, um, that happened after all of this happen and i can't help but wonder and like i said i could be way off base i'm not trying to sit here and (laughs) give hitler any kind of credit but like i said we've been raised in this country to hate these people whether it's whether it's hitler or stalin or lenin or marxism all these people work and we should hate stalin and them i'm not saying we shouldn't i should say russia we're we're born to hate these people for whatever reason that's how we were raised but it's interesting because if america now at the time you're talking in the early 1900s america was on a different path it wasn't until the bankers and these same people got involved in america because we weren't the back in those days we weren't the very zionistic country that we are nowadays okay it wasn't until mid 1900s after world war ii and so 1950 1960 where america became more of a zionistic if that's a word country um so somehow or another they were able to take the atrocities of of what we were taught was during world war ii with hitler and the jews and turn it to their favor for us to feel some sort of way. Like, I, I personally, right now, as I'm talking to you about this stuff, I feel guilty about what I'm saying because I know in my brain I was taught that that what Hitler did was bad. And I'm not saying that it wasn't bad. I'm not saying that. But it's hard for me to get these words out to try and make sense of what I'm trying to tell you guys. That maybe, and like I said, I have no way to back this up. This is just my hypothesis. Maybe this was Hitler's way to try and rid us of Zionism. Now, you look, you fast forward to today. There's a lot of people running for president on both sides that, you know, gaga over Israel. And you, and you always, I always wonder, I never really thought much about it. I'll be honest with you. Before I started doing this show, I never thought anything about it. Never did. But like the country of Israel, as we know it today, is a relatively new country. Like 60, 70 years old. Um, it was essentially given to the Jews as whatever. And that's kind of part of your issue in Israel. Is... 
the the land that was given to these people is on land that isn't theirs um and that's why you have all the things that happened over there with the gazas and and it and then are completely funded by america and the military but um today <laughs> many of the powerful members in the world conspiracy i'm gonna read some names here for you and these names you're gonna know or you you're gonna know a lot of them anyway soros kissinger the Rothschilds, zuckerberg zuckerberg bloomberg adelson strauss khan um cantor rosenberg um they are all of the same ethnicity you find them infesting the U.S. government from the Supreme Court to the Congress to the President's Cabinet. More importantly, they dominate the media, the Internet, Hollywood, Disney, the porn industry, banking, money lending, Wall Street, and other cultural institutions, financial bodies, and values-shaping mechanisms. Jewish organizations such as the Ruthless ADL, which is a branch of the Jewish Masonic Order, are some of the chief organizers of BLM and Antifa riots, Soros, right? Um, and other anti-American spectacles. You recall that when Antifa was created by Jewish communists in Germany under orders of Stalin and operated as an armed wing of the um, Communist Party. Um, the L LGBT movement, which has joined in the assault on morality, marriage, and the family is also you guessed it, a communist front. With many Jews playing prominent roles, Henry Hay, a card-carrying member of the CPUSA, created the first homosexual organization in the United States, the, the uh, Medicine Society. He also created or influenced the radical fairies of the pedophile group North American Man-Boy Love Associated, NAMBLA. <clears throat> Jews were crucial in normalizing homosexuality throughout the Western world. Cross-dressing and homosexual Bolsheviks were not uncommon in Soviet Russia. Jews were transformed Weimar Germany into the most uh, denigrated hellhole on earth until Hitler banned their filth. Throughout the 20th century, Jewish activists were influential in forming homosexual uh, advo advocacy groups. Jews created the international D.C.-based World Congress of Gay, Lesbian, Bisexual, and Transgender Jews, or the World Congress. <clears throat> so, you, you kind of see where this is going. You have Rothschild-backed groups that back chaos, whether it's LBGTQ, BLM, Antifa, okay, I know, a, you know, I shouldn't say I know plenty of gay people, but I know a few gay people. And there's a lot of people that are, that fit under this banner of the LGBT whatever community. But these people don't believe in this. They don't believe, if you're, a le you know, and I've said this before, if you're a lesbian, you're gay. If you're gay, you're gay, you're gay, you're gay, Right? There, there is no LBG, you're gay, okay? And I've said this before, I have no issue with 
with that. If you want to be gay, be gay. That's that's between you and God. Now, if God feels some sort of way about gay people, then you're going to have to sort that out with him. Right? That's not for me to judge you on. But when it involves kids, when it involves trying to push your agenda on society and forcing us to have to see it. When you're watching TV commercials and you notice that the the uh, shampoo commercial has two gay, you know, has two dads or whatever, two moms, whatever the case is. Who who cares? I don't I don't need to care about that. I'm sorry. And most or at least a lot of those people feel the same way. Now you have some that go to another level. And then I question the fact that is that person really that way? Because I think most people in general, whether you're straight or gay, just want to be left alone. So why BLM, Antifa, uh, LBGT, whatever different organizations, why? Why that? Most recently, it was Jewish influence which got homosexual marriage recognized in the United States, just as it was Jewish influence which banned God from schools. <clears throat> on um, June 26, 2013, the Supreme Court struck down the federal ban on same-sex marriages. At the center of the landmark cause were a Jewish couple, Eddie Windsor and Taya Spire, and their suit was pursued by a Jewish lawyer, Robbie Kaplan. Two years later, and two days before the 46th anniversary of the Stonewall riots, the Supreme Court uh, legalized gay marriage throughout the United States. In both cases, the three Jewish justices, Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Stephen Breyer, and Ellen Kagan, were critical in delivering the 5-4 ruling. The porn industry, which plagues the world, is totally dominated by Jews. From the beginning, the biggest porn, uh, pornographers have nearly all been Jewish. The Walt Disney of porn, Ruben Sturman, who controlled porn in, the Amer in America several decades back, was obviously a Jew. The prominent pornographic websites are Jewish controlled. Anyone who has encountered this scourge, as I unfortunately have, knows how destructive it is and how it is one of the many things greasing the skids of advancing the new world order. Yes, cultural Marxism is in all forms a judo-communist invention. <clears throat> it's sometimes attributed uh, to the Frankfurt School, which fled Hitler's Germany in exile, but the entire school was compromised, compromised of Jewish Marxists. They set up shop in in the United States and have used U.S. resources to spread their cultural corruption from uh, around the world, destroying morality, families, and civilizations. The second part, or the second point we should take from Churchill's words is the most important, namely that the communist conspiracy did not begin in 1917 or even with Karl Marx. Rather, the communist cabal can be traced back to Spartacus uh, Weissenhop. Uh, the Weissenhop were referred to as Adam Weissenhop, the, co the founder of the Order of the Illuminati. On May 1st of 1776, quote-unquote Spartacus was his secret codename. 
I find it intriguing that Churchill, who later was seduced to a very dark side he condemned earlier in his life, had the wherewithal to link communism and Illuminism to this is the real key. Communism didn't spring out of Marxist's mad mind. It didn't come from the Communist Manifesto. Its origins reaches further back. It may be the interest of the interest of the reader, however, to learn that Marx was hired by a secret society to write his manifesto. The group was called the League of the Just. In 1836, the League had split uh, from an earlier group on the continent called the League of Outlaws. Follow this group back, and you'll eventually discover the Jacobins were fominate the who fominate the uh, French Revolution and the Order of the Illuminati, which puppeteered the whole thing. In 1847, the League of Just asked Marx to write the document expressing its goals and beliefs, using Zionist Moses, Hess's earlier writings, as the inspiration. Karl Marx and Frederick Engels wrote their manifest, <coughs> manifesto. The League then changed its name to the Communist League and published the Communist Manifesto in February of 1848. Down through the decades, the Communist League fomented chaos and engaged in criminality, changing its name several times, eventually calling itself the Sem uh, Social Democratic Workers' Party. This organization has headed by the same Lenin mentioned early, earlier. Lenin caused a split between his more radical faction, which he called the Bolsheviks, and his less radical through, uh, through also revolutionary sect known as uh, the Mensheviks. It was the Mensheviks who led the abortive 1905 revolution in Russia. It was Lenin's Bolsheviks joined by many Mensheviks, including Trotsky, who led the Bolshevik coup that enslaved Russia in 1917. As Churchill noted, Nato Webster is one of the great thinkers who has linked the Illuminati to communism. In her book, World Revolution, she wrote, Reduced to simple formula, the aims of the Illuminati may be summarized in the following six points. Abolition of monarchy and all ordered government. Abolition of private property. Abolition of inheritism. Abolition of patriotism. Abolition of family, i.e. marriage and all morality. And the institution of common education of children. And the abolition of religions. So real quick before we read on. Does that not sound familiar to what the WEF is trying to propose? The WEF is pushing a one-world government, a one-world religion. You'll own nothing and like it. Nationalism, right? You look at someone like Trump or different, or someone like me who flies an American flag out in their yard. I'm, I've got a, By doing that, I've got a target on my back. By doing this show, I've got an even bigger target. And I don't care. That's fine. But people like me, people like Trump, you're called nationalist, right? Because you're, because you are proud of your country, and it's not an American thing. You're listening to the show, and you're in Russia, you're in Spain, you're in France, you're wherever you're at. You love your, you very much could love your country. Okay, that makes you a patriot of your country. Every country has a patriot. It's not an American thing. Okay, some would say that. Um, Putin is a patriot. 
Now, when you hear me say those words, you think, what the fuck? Putin's not a patriot. He's a patriot to his country. Okay? Is, to touch on Putin real quick, is what he's doing similar to, I don't want to say similar to what Hitler did, because obviously he's not setting up, as far as we know, not setting up concentration camps and sending Jews to the to the uh, to the ovens and stuff but what's going on in Ukraine is very similar because if Ukraine if Zelensky is backed by these same people for whatever reason NATO, UN and all these other things is this why what's going on is going on I don't know we, we don't know. I can sit here and I can do a show every day and say the same thing and come up with my same conspiracies and my same theories. And a lot of you guys could listen to this and say I'm fucking crazy. This guy's a Jew bashing uh, Nazi sympathizer or uh, whatever. And, I, and I'm not. I'm not. When I say these things I'm saying, I'm not talking about the Jewish people. Okay. You have to understand this. I'm going to finish this reading here and then we're going to close it out. But you have to understand what I'm trying to tell you is I don't know what I don't know. Okay? Was was Hitler a bad guy? Yes, he killed millions of people. Was he just in doing that? I don't believe so. But did he believe he was just in doing that? I 100% guarantee you that he believed that what he thought he was doing was the right thing. Now we can look at that now. And we can armchair armchair quarterback and obviously say this dude was out of his mind. But if he felt that what was going on in the early 1900s was a Jewish conspiracy of the Rothschilds and the Illuminati and these people. And we say these words and we say Illuminati and we say Rothschilds and it sounds like I'm writing a fucking movie script. And I get it. It sounds shot the fuck out. But you've got to separate yourself from the movies to reality. They tell you what's going on. I think in Hitler's mind, as fucked up as it may be, he felt he was eradicating the world of these people. Well, Don, why was he just killing random Jews? He wasn't killing random Jews. If you think about it, if you actually look through history, there was plenty of Jews that didn't die in Germany. Why did he kill the ones he did? I, I don't know. Maybe he knew something we didn't. Maybe he just couldn't trust all of them because you don't know who's who. I know I feel like I'm really digging myself into a hole by saying these things that I know if you don't if you're not paying attention, if you don't listen to this and then follow this up with part two you're not going to connect the dots so please let me finish and then we're going to end it and you can you have to come back on wednesday now it'll surely be admitted that the above forms a program authority unprecedented by the history of civilization communistic theories had been held by isolated thinkers or groups of thinkers since the days of plato but no one, as far as we know, have ever yet seriously proposed to destroy everything for which civilization stands. Moreover, 
when, as we shall see, the plan of Illuminism, as codified by the above six points, has continued up to the present day to form the exact program of the world revolution. How can we doubt the whole movement originated with Illuminati with the secret influence at work behind them? What, le what a learned person can read these aims and then deny what communism and Illuminism are one and the same and that the plan is being dogged, per <laughs> persuaded, I'm sorry, pursued and is nearly in fulfillment in our day. Sometimes people split hairs and fall into the trap of trying to separate the Western branch of socialism and the Eastern communist. This is a fool's errand since both branches are attached to the same tree. The Illuminati is that tree. Truth be told, even the order of Illuminati is an appendage of a further fusion of evil that may simply be termed the Church of the Devil or Babylon the Great. However, it is a branch of branches and the most loosish uh, fruit it has yet produced is communism. You can trace the worst elements of the East and West, the Bolsheviks and the Fabian Socialists, respectively, back to Karl Marx and the League of the Just. <clears throat> that is to the Illuminati. The founders of Fabianism were diehard Marxists who knew Marx personally. Marx was actively involved in the socialist, socialist leagues that became popular in the West. The Bolsheviks and the Mensheviks obviously were his adherents too. It was they with the Fabian banker Skull and Bones CFR Committee of 300 who helped, who later toppled Russia. These same forces then started World War II, which destroyed Europe, eliminated the anti-communist state of Germany, Japan, and Italy, led to the creation of the United Nations and the European Union, and then set the stage for the fall of China. It was because of intrigue by Western members of the conspiracy of the Eastern Communists were able to conquer China, turning them into the biggest communist base camp. The two groups of incestuous and cannot honestly be separated, yes, each wing of the conspiracy would rather be in charge and absolutely will mobilize militarily against the other when it sees the opportunity. But both believe the same ideology push, the same plan, severe, the same dark master, the achieve of the same devastating results. So what's interesting about that is essentially you have a tree of communism and on that tree there's plenty of branches. They all want to get to the same place, but eventually you're going to have to have a leader. So <clears throat> we've said this before. Maybe there's no good guys. There's just different level of evil. Is Trump one of these people? He might not be the same people as Biden and Obama and the, this group. He might be on a different branch. I'm not saying that he is, but maybe. Because not for nothing, it's not like he's not pushing Zionist propaganda also. So is DeSantis. And I'm not saying that any one of them is any better than the other. I just don't understand. And this is not a knock from anybody from Israel. Jewish people that may be listening to this. It has nothing to do with you guys. This is above all of us. Okay, this is above us. If you're Christian, Jewish, Muslim, it doesn't matter. It's above us. We're just following a God that we were taught to follow. This has nothing to do with us. 
it will have a lot to do about us, but not with us. So the opening scene of The Dark Knight illustrates the relationship of the great power centers, the United States, Russia, and China, to each other. You recall that the scene depicted a bank heist. After each member of the Joker's crew completed his task, his partner turned to him and shot him. The uh, Joker had given each member the same instructions. In the end, the Joker shot his final accomplished and was uh, the last man standing with the stolen loot. Satan is the Joker in this analogy, and the accomplice are the hijacked governments of Russia, China, and the United States. Among others, in his uh, frenzied march toward world domination, Satan intends on playing his dupes off each other. If he is has to eliminate one, two, or all three of them, they will, after they've assisted him to the great goal. So be it, as long as he stands supreme at the foot or with the loot at the end of the day. <clears throat> so said otherwise, regardless of which side wins fast, approaching world war. The illuminated uh, internationalists believe that their agents will be in charge. Their agents control the governments of Russia, China, and the United States. They control Israel, Iran, and Turkey. They control Britain, France, and Germany. They control every nation on earth to greater or lesser extent. They control international finance, the media, most churches, most universities, and schools, and many of the biggest corporations. Again, I say if some part of the force, even a whole nation or continent, must be sacrificed for the order to finally seize total power, so be it. Let me be very clear about this. It's not the quote-unquote Jews or the Russians or any other race, nationality, or ethnicity that is the enemy. Satan is the enemy, along with those who have elected to serve him. This includes a highly disproportionate member of Jews, as shown as I talked about before, but it also includes the so-called Christian, Muslims, Hindus, agnostic, atheists, pagans, occultists, New Agers, theo, uh, theologians, uh, Luciferians, and so on. The Jews, once they are cleansed by fire in the Battle of Armageddon, have a prophetic destiny to play the part of the House of Israel. Israel is crucial in the Lord's plan. This Israel isn't the physical land of Israel or the Zionist state. But those who have come into the covenant of Jesus Christ by faith, repentance, and baptism by proper priesthood authority. I want it firmly fixed in your mind that I do not condemn the members of any race or religion out of hand. But I do rebuke and condemn the communists and Luciferians of any creed, race, religion, and nation who labor to destroy faith, families, and freedom. I heartedly endorse the quote of Ezra Taft Benson as he said, We must not become confused over side issues. Our enemy is not the Catholic, not the Protestant, not the Negro, not the white man, not the Jew, not the Gentile, not employers or employees, not the wealthy, not the poor, not the worker, and not the employer. Our moral enemies are the satanic uh, communists and those who prepare the path for them. So guys, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and close it out there. We're at about an hour. You're welcome. So I encourage you to please 
please, if you listen to this and you're kind of half listening to it, go back and listen to it again. Trust me when I try to tell you we are we are in a war that we have to win. We're not at war with Russia or anyone else. We've got to start paying attention to what's really going on. Do your own research. Guys, please. Also, guys, make sure whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, if you could please make sure you follow the show, make sure you're sharing this with your friends, your family, whoever needs to hear this. And guys, make sure you subscribe to our website, DontTreadOnAmerica.com. You will not get a crap ton of spam. I try not to do that. Occasionally, if I get a blog done or vlog, I should say, or a blog, not a vlog, um, you'll get that, but nothing major. I don't have that much time. I barely have time to get the show done. Um, and then if you're on social media, you guys follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and the TikToker at Don't Tread on America. Sorry to be so heavy on this 4th of July weekend, but I want to stay free. I want to be independent. But there's more to this, guys. So I encourage you to please follow the show. Come back on Wednesday. And I'll, uh, I'll hit you with the rest. You guys have a great rest of your day. And I'll talk to you again on Wednesday.